Good morning, everybody, and Happy New Year. Welcome back to Wisdom Awakening. I've been off for a week, resting, being with family, spending some time during Christmas, but I'm back with you live and in person today. What is this? Monday, January the 3rd, uh, and I'm glad to be with you. I've missed being here, frankly. It is difficult not to do these programs because I'm thinking of things all the time that I want to talk about and want to talk to you about. Well, I am back to talk about the issues of the day. So I hope you had a wonderful holiday season. A very, very Merry Christmas as we celebrated the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I hope that you are excited about the new year. I have dubbed 2022 the year of breakthrough. 2022, the year of breakthrough. We're going to break away from all of this COVID mess, break away from all this racial nonsense, and break away from these leaders who seem to hate our country, hate the American people, and hate everything we represent. We're going to break away from all of that and break into a brand new era, I believe, this year. I think we're going to see a brand new Congress uh, elected in November of 2022. But even as importantly, we're going to see changes in the culture this year. We're going to see a cultural awakening in America, coming back to what I call Americanism, rather than Marxism, communism, socialism, Americanism. So I'm excited about this year, and I hope you are too. You know, so we can rejoice. Say, well, Bishop Jackson, how can you rejoice? Nothing's happened yet. We're just into it. Because you don't wait, want to wait till the battle is over. Faith is shouting now. Shout the victory now. Give God the praise now. Give God the thanks now. In other words, thank him and praise him as if you've already got what you're expecting. That's real faith, folks. <laughs> it's easy to shout and praise God when you've got a victory. Shouting and praising God before the victory has manifested, that's real faith. So let's praise God right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the wonderful things you're going to do in 2022. All right, a couple of housekeeping things. I want to get right into an issue and then get into the word of God. Uh, I want to remind everybody, particularly those of you in the Virginia area, that on January the 17th, we are hosting our Martin Luther King Leadership Breakfast, the Martin Luther King Leadership Breakfast. And we, this is going to be the 22nd year. We held it last year, but without an audience because of COVID. This year, we are going to have an audience. Tickets are on sale for $30. You can go to thecalled.org, thecalled.org. That's T-H-E-C-A-L-L-E-D dot O-R-G. And you can buy tickets there. Um, you can either print out your ticket and we'll have a list that we'll call for those of you who buy tickets online. Probably more convenient for you if you print out whatever receipt you get and just show that to us. It'll move you through quicker. Uh, but if you don't do that, you just come to the will call desk and your name will be included in the list of people who have purchased tickets online. I would encourage you to do this. Look, we've had two years now, two years of absolute racial nonsense. Uh, critical race theory and, and uh, uh, the 1619 Project and all this craziness going on in the public schools. This event is dedicated to the vision of Dr. King that we not judge each other by the color of our skin, but by the content of our character, where we come together as a community and we honor people based upon their merit and their leadership, not the color of their skin. Uh, it unifies us and knits us together rather than ripping us apart and dividing us. 
every single morning as I review the news, looking for things to talk about, I come up with articles that show all the racial division and segregation and, 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 and condemnation that goes on in institutions all over the country. In fact, I want to talk about that in just a second, one aspect of it in just a second. This breakfast sets a different kind of tone. It sets the tone that I believe in. So if you come, you will be inspired, you'll be encouraged, you'll be uplifted. Uh, you'll, you'll be encouraged about the future of our country because I really believe what we are doing represents the future of America. That's January the 17th, Monday at the Chesapeake Marriott Hotel, 10 a.m. We've only got two weeks to go. Get your tickets now. We've got to give our final count in about 10 days. So you've got 10 days to get your tickets. Uh, you can buy a table for $350 that seats 10 people and fill it up with your friends and your guests. Believe me, you will not be disappointed. And you can get a vendor table if you've got wares that you want to sell at the breakfast. I think we've still got two or three spots open for vendor tables. Those are $100. And that includes a ticket to go into the breakfast while the ceremony, while the event is going on, so that you don't have to feel like you got to pay for that and then pay something else. Um, and that pretty much covers the cost because the hotel charges us for the table. Uh, and then, of course, they charge us for the breakfast. And so you're pretty much paying uh, for uh, paying virtually almost nothing, a very little, but to, to be there as a vendor, a small donation will come to the church. And remember, all the proceeds that are raised uh, go to support the William Jackson Youth Center and the Maximum Potential Christian Academy and scholarships for the young people who we will be awarding scholarships to at the breakfast. So it's a very, very exciting event and it's for a very, very good cause because you know what's happening to our young people today. They are being misled and manipulated and indoctrinated and, and having their heads filled with a whole bunch of mush from the school system, the colleges, the universities, the mainstream media. And, and this really stands against all of that and tries to instill those Judeo-Christian values and principles that made, that made America the greatest nation in the, on the face of the earth, in the history of the world. Um, so that's the Martin Luther King Leadership Breakfast. That's the mayor of Chesapeake. He is already our, always our honorary, the mayor is always the honorary co-chair of the breakfast. Uh, in this case, he's also the keynote speaker. Of course, I will be speaking as well. Uh, I speak at every breakfast but we always have, always have a keynote speaker. I, I'm the keynote speaker every five years. So I won't be keynote speaker again until 2025, actually, 2025. I was a keynote speaker. I would have been the keynote speaker, actually. Uh, well, yeah, I would have been the keynote speaker. Well, actually, well, no, how, do, how does that work? 2020. Well, at any rate, every five years I'm the keynote speaker. Let me, let me not get into the math. So that's one thing. The second thing I want to mention is this coming Friday and Saturday, Thursday begins, starts on Thursday night, Friday, Saturday in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I will be with Andrew Womack at Andrew's Phoenix Gospel Truth Conference 2022. The Phoenix Gospel Truth Conference in 2022. We will be at the Renaissance Phoenix Glendale Hotel and Spa in Glendale, Arizona. So come on, if you're particularly, if you're in that area, come on out and visit with us. I Forgive me that I have not been promoting this earlier. I've caught up with a lot of other things, but I've got to get better at promoting things so that you know where I'm going to be 
well in advance. But that's where I'm going to be this coming weekend. So I'll be there with Andrew on Friday and Saturday. In fact, I'm not leaving until Sunday. So I will be there the entire weekend. So if you're in the area or even if you're not, hop on a plane and fly on out to see us. I'm going to be at the Renaissance Phoenix Glendale Hotel and Spa in Glendale, Arizona. It starts Thursday night. Andrew's speaking Thursday night. I'm speaking on Friday morning. Uh, in fact, we're, on Friday morning, he and I are both speaking. On Friday evening, he and I are both speaking. On Saturday morning, he and I are both speaking. So he's speaking four times. I'm speaking three times. So it's just going to be him and me. So I invite you all, come on out and share with us at the, at the Phoenix Gospel Truth Conference 2022, put on by Andrew Womack Ministries. All right, I think I've gotten everything out of the way. So I, I, I mentioned that I was going to come back to this whole issue of how uh, racial division has been promoted uh, in our country, particularly these last two years. These last two years have really been ridiculous, folks. Well, here's something I want to, want to mention. You know, COVID has been an opportunity for leftists to do all kinds of very bad things. Just the level of control and manipulation and using fear. You know, fear is always big among demagogues. Demagogues manipulate people with fear. If you don't, if we're going to die, if you don't do this, you know, the fear and of course, scapegoats, you know, finding people that, that they, can, they can blame. Donald Trump's the reason for all of this, you know, that kind of thing. That, that, that's, that's pure demagoguery. And they've used it to their advantage and they promoted a lot of very bad, very toxic things for our country. One of the things that I think is going to come more to the fore, it's, we've heard it in dribs and drabs, but it's going to come more to the fore, is using COVID as another tool of racial division. Because, you know, they're, they're now starting to talk more about the fact that, you know, minority people aren't getting the same treatment. They're, 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 they're victimized by COVID more. They're dying more. They're, there's an inequity there. See, here's the first major fallacy with regard to race in America today. It is this, that every disparity must be the result of some evil intent, some systemic racism, something bad that people are doing. And we've got to get to the bottom of it. We've got to put a stop to it. I recommend to you Thomas Sowell's book called um, Discrimination and Disparities. Discrimination and Disparities. And he, he masterfully lays out in that book this reality. The world is not fair. Nothing is evenly divided. And that has, for the most part, nothing to do with any nefarious intentions on anybody's part. It's the nature of life. It's the nature of freedom, particularly here in America, where people make different choices. They have different ideals. They have different visions, different goals for their own lives, different attitudes about things. So look, there are some... Uh, cultural and, if you will, racial predispositions, uh, proclivities. For example, we know that Americans of African ancestry tend to have a higher incidence of high blood pressure. Is that somehow racism? White people sat in a room and plotted 
How can we make people's blood pressure high? Oh no, their blood pressure is high because of racism. I, I think it has to do with things that some of which we may understand, some of which we may not understand. By the way, that's because black folks aren't the only people who have problems with high blood pressure. There are differences between men and women, but the left turns everything into an opportunity to divide us. So now they're saying, well, COVID disparities are part of systemic racism. And we've got to do something about that. I'll tell you, there's a reason why uh, black folks are among the lowest vaccinated group, demographic, identifiable demographic group in America because they are suspicious of governmental in interference in their lives because of the Tuskegee experiments, because of efforts to, uh, to, to um, uh, sterilize black folks, because of Margaret Sanger's desire to diminish, if not eliminate, the black population, first through eugenics and then through abortion. All of these things play on people's minds and they're thinking, I don't know, this is a new drug, it's experimental, uh, I don't want to be experimented on. I think that's a, that's a big part of why a lot of black folks don't want to get the vaccination. Apparently only about 30% of the black community is vaccinated. Very, very low. You don't hear talk about that. That's a choice that people are making. By the way, I've not been vaccinated. I don't want to get the vaccination. It has nothing to do with that. I don't, I don't see the vaccination as some kind of nefarious plot to get black folks or anything like that. I just see it as a potentially nefarious plot to get Americans. <laughs> so I don't want, I, not, it's not for me. I'm fine. Thank you very much. I've had COVID. I've got the immunity. I've been exposed and tested and never, and still don't have it. In fact, I was just tested, what's today, Monday? Just tested on Thursday. Just tested on Thursday. Oops. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, we are still streaming. I don't know what happened there, but hold on. Let me try to get myself together here. Go back to recording. So, yeah, in fact, you know what? My wife warned me. Uh, she said, now, you know, the ba there's bad weather and there may be some I issues. So I said, okay. Uh, and I guess we just proved it. Uh, but I think, yes, I'm pretty sure we are on and streaming and you all can hear me. So at any rate, I, I said all that as a prelude, that, that all the stuff about COVID and about now using COVID as a racial division to say this. The American Medical Association and the city of New York are now making these recommend, re recommendations. In fact, New York is requiring the medical system to give special attention to the race of people. Because they're saying now that if you are, quote unquote, a person of color. Have you ever met somebody who didn't have it, who didn't have color? Let's just hate that phrase. But of course, that's the that's the, you know. That's a phrase that really means if you are not white. And of course, what's that mean? 
What does that mean? Because I'll tell you something. I think, I think more and more our DNA is, 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 is so mixed that it's almost ridiculous to, to be making these racial distinctions. I mean, if somebody, people have always raised the question, why is it that Barack Obama is black and not white? Why is he always viewed as black? But he's got a white parent. Half of his genetic background is, is of European. Because that's, that, frankly, that's the milieu that was created, frankly, by racists centuries ago. One drop of black blood means you're black. That was really a way of, of also um, solidifying the stronghold of slavery. So that when slave masters fathered children, it didn't matter those children looked like they were European, looked like their father. The fact that they had some black blood was enough that they were then born into slavery. And of course, in the early days of slavery, well, actually throughout slavery, many of the people who were freed were people who were children of slave masters that they had some compassion for and didn't want them to spend their lives as slaves. Some of them looked like they were of, of, of European descent. Some of them did not. But that became the part of the, the first large class of free black people in America. So the fact of the matter is, there are a lot of people in this country with blood from all kinds of backgrounds. My, we did my wife's um, uh, genetic test to find out she's 2% uh, Native American. And I told her, I said, well, where do we sign up to get a casino? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> of course, I'm kidding, folks. I don't want a casino, but, you know, that was my first thought. You know? <laughs> we, look, and I think that's going to be more and more true as time goes on, which the, the, the absurdity of trying to put people in little racial enclaves and say, you're this and you're that. And the, and the absurdity of these demagogues trying to make everybody think of themselves primarily based upon the color of their skin. Well, now you've, this is being injected into the medical profession. And, the, and, and doctors are now being expected to racialize their treatment. Oh, and by the way, when it comes to COVID, they're expected to put quote unquote, people of color uh, as, the, as the priority because they're the ones least likely to get the treatment. Well, you ever think of this? Maybe, maybe they're not getting it because they don't want it. Maybe they don't want to get involved with the medical system. Oh, no, no, there must be something wrong. Something, somebody, see, but th this, is, this is the fallacy that everything that, Every situation in which there are disparities, it must be because somebody, and the, the somebodies, of course, are always white people who are all racist, of course, did something wrong to make this happen. Well, I want to know who did something wrong to make the NBA 75% and the NFL player 75% black. Something must be wrong because there's a great disparity there. Black folks are only 13 and now because the population of black people is reducing as a result of abortion, uh, primarily. Of course, murder is playing a small role in that too, I'm sure. Uh, but the population is reducing. I think now it's about 12.5%. Well, 12.5% of the population and 75% of the players 
in the NFL and the NBA? That's a, that's a great disparity. There must be something wrong. Somebody must, maybe some black racist in the black background did something to manipulate the situation and to discriminate against white people and gotta be, right? There's a disparity there. Well, of course, that's silly. People have different interests, make different decisions, have different gifts, have different talents. And when we crop people together as a quote unquote racial group and then make determinations based upon what patterns and trends we see in that racial group, the, then, they then jump to the conclusion, so it must be the fault of another racial group. And it's, it's, it's a fallacy, it's a falsehood. But now they want to inject this into our healthcare system. So the New York um, Health Department is now requiring that uh, all of their employees uh, make racial minorities a priority in the treatment of COVID. And I suppose in other things as well, when you come right down to it. Quote, this is the guidance that was sent out. Non-white race or Hispanic Latino ethnicity should be considered a risk factor as long-standing systemic health and social inequities have contributed to an increased risk of severe illness and death from COVID-19. As a result of long-standing systemic health and social inequities. You know, here again, folks, you, 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 don't, you don't, at some point, this stuff just gets exasperating. Um, well, they go on to talk about that. that I think that's, that's the key quote I wanted to share with you. But they go on to talk about a variety of different uh, situations. Quote, here's another one. Systemic poverty, which is clearly proven to be a risk factor in populations in New York State and nationwide, is added to the algorithm of prioritization similar to all other risk factors. It is merely mentioned as a factor that increases risk. So race is the primary thing, but poverty might be important too. I mean, everything is racial. Folks, this is a Marxist strategy to divide us and ultimately lead this country to a fundamental transformation by convincing everybody that the country is so fundamentally flawed, so racially in, uh, unjust, so white supremacist, so, so systemically racist that you simply can't fix it. You've got to overthrow it. That's what all of this is for. That's what, that's what it's all leading to. That's where, that's where it's trying to take us. And as I've said many times, we're not going. Let me add one other thing. The American Medical Association, which also, by the way, and I shared this with you. I don't know whether, well, I don't know how long ago it was, so you might not remember this, but um, 
The American Medical Association said a long time ago uh, that, um, a long time ago, during this COVID thing, early on, religious exemption should be forbidden. That we should never accept religious exemptions. Yeah, we should never accept religious exemptions. So the, the AMA is really now clearly a leftist organization. I mean, in terms, I don't even trust whatever they come out with scientifically because I think that they're so sold out to wokeism that that, becomes, that comes before medical truth, medical information. But now they're saying, oh, and I'm trying to get to this and this, Stupid thing, it's not, you know, they, they're always, they, the media is always trying to sell you and um, so I, I, I pick out an article, but then they want to block it and tell me I need to subscribe to this particular news service, but I am subscribed, <laughs> so, you know, but at any rate, I can tell you what it says. Basically, what they've come out with is they say that now doctors have to become much more racially sensitive and realize the risks at stake for, for people of color. And they've got to use now different, they're telling them, use different language. They don't want them to use the same language anymore. They want them now to use language that is racially, to be very honest, just woke. They wanted to use woke stuff. Let's see if they, let's see if I can find this thing. I may not be able to, and if not, I want to move on. Here we go. Uh, that's not it. Um, but they basically want them now to start focusing on race, particularly in the treatment of COVID. And they want them to change their language now. Oh, I thought I might, I might see it here, but they want them to change their language now so that they're speaking the language of the woke left, you know, to, to quote unquote, people of color. Folks, it's just, it, it, this stuff is just preposterous. All right, well, look, I better leave that alone because, you know, I've already taken up a whole lot of time with all that. It's got to stop. I'm against it, <laughs> okay, against all of that. Skin color shouldn't matter. Colorblind is a society. Everybody does their very best to serve whomever they are called upon to serve. We don't need all this racial pandering. We don't need all this racial demagoguery. What we need is a nation that says every American matters and we're going to support we're going to help every American in every way we can. And we're not going to try to psychoanalyze people. And you look at, look at disparities and say, oh, but there must be a hidden systemic racism somewhere because that's a lie. That's a fallacy that I began talking to you about. That's a fallacy that is used to manipulate us all. Okay. All right. Let me come to, to what I want to talk to you about in the word and, I'm going to come back, by the way, to Colossians. But before we get there, since 
We're starting a brand new year. I'll give you a little synopsis of what I preached on Sunday. And you can find it in Facebook. You can find it on my app as well, E.W. Jackson app. And uh, I think you can find it on, on, I know you can find it on Roku, but I think you can find it on Fire Stick as well. We're working on Fire Stick because we had a little problem with Fire Stick. So if you have Fire Stick and you can't find my programming, my channel, the Awakening Network, uh, we're working on that. Because, uh, but, but you can definitely find it on Roku, okay? It's definitely on Roku. Um, on Sunday, I preached a message from Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verses 8 through 16. Let me read that to you, and then I want to comment a little bit on that before we go. It says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things are exposed that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And here's the key verse 16. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And I talk from this subject, redeeming the time means you have to shine. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Redeeming the time means you have to shine. Now, I can't preach the whole sermon because the sermon's an hour long, but, but I, I want to give you the synopsis. The last two years should certainly... Ugh, Here we go. The last two years should certainly be that we're having some, we're having bad weather right now. Uh, a lot of wind, rain. So I don't know what's going on out there, but the, I don't know what's going on, what, how, why it's affecting our system, but it is. But the last two years should be a lesson to us that things are getting worse. You know, there are people who say, no, things aren't getting worse. We just, we just, the news tells us more. No, no, no. Things are getting worse. And Jesus told us they would get worse. Said they would get worse leading up to the end of the age, leading up to the, to the return of Jesus Christ. They would get worse. And what this verse to me is getting at is the darker it gets, the more you need to shine. 
And of course, I went through a lot of, of scriptures and I can't go through them all here except to say this, that, you know, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. And what that says to me is, it's not important simply to do good works. It's important that those good works be reflective of your relationship with Jesus Christ and that people know that and understand that, that they know that you are doing good because of your relationship with him. That in other words, we are shining the light of his countenance upon people, not our own, but his helping people to see not me, but Christ in me, the hope of glory. And I'm convinced, folks, that as things seem to be getting worse, and by the way, I still believe we're going to have a great awakening in the United States of America. It's coming. I guarantee you, it's coming. But as things seem to get worse, it is, more, it is important that you and I shine more brightly. As things seem to get worse, we need to turn the light up. I said during the sermon, if your light is flickering, you need to tighten the bulb. It shouldn't be flickering. It should be shining brightly. And of course, we know that there's a light on the inside of us who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and he is that light. And that light is, is, is strengthened, enhanced by our prayer and by staying in the word of God and by having the courage to do what this says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Now, of course, you probably know exactly where I'm going with this. If you are a member of the Democrat Party, you are having fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Let me say that again. If you are a member of the Democrat Party, you are in fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. It says you're not supposed to do that as a Christian. It says, but rather expose them. You're supposed to be exposing the unfruitful works of darkness, not being in fellowship with them. Now, you could extrapolate that right on down the line to your personal life. That immediately comes to mind. It should. It does for me. But look, that, that can be anything you are involved with that you know is against God. And if anybody tells me that the Democrat Party is not against God, I would say, can you read? Well, please go read their platform. Go do some research on where they stand. The Democrat Party is pushing homosexuality and it's been doing it for decades. They're pushing transgenderism. They're pushing abortion. They're pushing every godless thing. They're pushing godless atheistic secularism and Marxism. When Jerry Nadler stood up on the uh, floor of, of the House of Representatives after somebody had read in the scripture what it says about transgenderism and said the will of God has no place on, in this chamber 
that tells you everything you need to know about the Democrat Party, because that's what they believe. They believe that the will of God has no place in anything. That's why they can claim to be Catholics or Protestants and just completely defy what the Bible says and what their church teaches. But look, apply this to your personal life as well. You should not be associating yourself and compromising yourself with things that you know are against the will of God. We got preachers who want to dedicate abortion clinics. They are an abomination to God. You got churches that claim to be pro-homosexual churches. They're married homosexuals and all that. That's an abomination to God. And if you're part of a church that is compromising on these things, you need to get out of there. Get out of there. That's not a church. It's not the Cortique. It's not the people of the Lord. You know, the Unitarian church is a misnomer because the Unitarian thing is not a church. That's not a church. It's a Unitarian organization because church comes from the, the Greek word kordios. It came down through the German as kordike, C-H with the K sound, kordik, C-H-U-R-C-H, kordike, meaning the people of the Lord. Unitarians aren't the people of the Lord, the people of the devil. These metropolitan churches are not, are not churches. They're, 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 they're places of devil worship. They're not worshiping God. That's a joke. You can't worship God and call him a liar. And every time they gather, they're saying what the word of God says about homosexuality, what the word of God teaches about sexual morality is a lie. You can't have a relationship with me and call me a liar. And I've told lies in my life because I've been a sinner. I've lived a life of sin. You can't have a relationship with me. Call me a liar because I don't lie now. If I tell you anything, I'm telling you either what I absolutely know to be or what I believe to be the truth. But I know, I know what it is to lie because I've lied. God's never lied. His word has no lies in it. His word is truth. You can't have a relationship with God and call his word a lie. They're lying to themselves and lying to the world and lying to each other. We're a church. You're not a church. Things are an abomination. See, and here's where we as Christians run into problems. It says, not only have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. See, what I'm doing right now, a lot of people just don't, Christians don't want to do. Oh, I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. But, but in saying that, you are, you are saying, I'm, I'm going to disobey God. I'm not going to do what God told me to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what's comfortable for me. Because he said, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. And you don't want to expose it. Not you personally, you know what I mean? But, but some of these cowardly pastors and Christians who aren't willing to expose the lie, aren't willing to expose the darkness. 
Jesus said, basically, that means your light is bogus because he said, whatever is light manifests, right? Where, where does he say this here in this text? He said, all things are, he said, all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. If you're not making anything manifest, you're not light. Or you got the light hidden. Or you got your bulb unscrewed or something. As we enter in 2022, enter into 2022, God gave me the theme for 2022. 2022, the year of breakthrough. 2022, the year of breakthrough. And you know what? The, the, the body of Christ is the breakthrough mechanism. The body of Christ is the breakthrough mechanism. By doing what God has called us to do, being a light in the midst of the darkness. In other words, holding up a standard, a beacon to which people can repair. So they see all this darkness and there's your light shining. They go, wait a minute. That touches me. That moves me. I'm going toward that light. That light draws me. This, this other stuff. Something's not, I may not be able to fully explain it, but something's not right about that. But this draws me. I'm going toward that light. But if you don't let your light shine, you know what Satan will do? Satan will manufacture all kinds of counterfeit light, all kinds of counterfeit light. Say, hey, come on over this way. We got some light over here. Oh, okay. Let me go check that out. That's what all the cults are about. That's what all this Marxism is about. Marxism is nothing but a pseudo-religion meant to replace Christianity. Karl Marx saw it that way. He saw it as a kind of religion to which people would devote themselves. I said Karl Marx was trying to create the kingdom of God without God. And Karl Marx was trying to reform man without the power of God to change us on the inside. He would create a communist system that would change you from the outside in because he rejected the power of God to change you from the inside out. Redeeming the time means you have to shine. If you want to check out that entire message, you can find it on Facebook. You can find it on my app. You can find it on Bishop E.W. Jackson TV, but check it out. Listen to that or watch that entire message. And see, in fact, I would go back and listen to the last two. The first one was based on 2 Peter uh, chapter 3, verse 18, uh, but grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Go back and check out that message. It was entitled, Because You Know You Have to Grow. And then this one, because these are really two companion messages. Redeeming the time means you have to shine. One that was a, a reflection on the, the year we were leaving. And, and then this, this message, a reflection on the year we're coming into. So look, God bless you. I am so glad to be back with you live and in person. And uh, sorry about the, uh, the technical issues we're having, uh, but it, it must be climate change. <laughs> right? <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, it's weather, folks. Yeah, and, and it happens. But God bless you. I love you. Pray for me. We're praying for you. Don't forget my announcements. MLK Breakfast, January 17th. Um, the, the Phoenix Gospel Truth Conference with Andrew Womack. Uh, this coming week on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, uh, Andrew Womack and I will be there at the, um, at the, at the hotel in Phoenix. You can go to the Gospel Truth Ministries and you can see it there, okay? And uh, forgive me that I have not mentioned this before because I should have been mentioning it really for the last month, but so many other things obviously have come up. But if you live in the area, obviously we want you to stop by. But even if you don't, there's still time to hop on a plane and be there. I really believe that as we open this year, Andrew Womack and I, who God has knit together, as we open this year, I really believe God is going to speak some profoundly prophetic things into the body of Christ and into the lives of those people who attend. So look, God bless you. I love you. Keep praying and remember and keep praying, keep working, keep fighting. Faith without works is dead. And remember, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side.